everybody doing? Y'all, Ladybex here. Welcome to episode two of the Spooky Wood podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about brain waves. This is something that I was taught about in Geode Mystery School by my mentor at the time, Ian, um, and he shared this little bit of information with me along with a meditation um, that's really helped me tremendously in my craft. And even, I hadn't taken my neuroscience course yet at the time. It's just kind of ironic because quickly after this is when I took that neuroscience class. Um, but it's kind of amazing how little that we know about the brain. Um, even more amazing how, how little... I know about the brain, even studying psychology, even being heavily interested in these things. When you really start digging into a lot of things, sometimes you figure out that you really don't know as much as you think you did, and that's not necessarily always your fault. But nonetheless, my interests in the brain have been heavily piqued since going to college, um, and especially now really being interested in trying to figure out a little bit more of a scientific way of explaining what I believe and do, if that makes sense. So yeah, so first of all, I've got a little website pulled up that I'm going to read off of. I'm going to cheat a little bit. <laughs> we are on curejoy.com. In this article, um, I'm just going to read some key points from this because it seems to have everything that I need to talk about. It's a five-minute read. CureJoy Editorial, the different types of brain waves and their benefits. Our brain is made up of billions of brain cells called neurons. The combination of neurons sending signals at once produces an enormous amount of electrical activity in the brain. And these synchronized electrical pulses from uh, masses of neurons communicating with each other produces brain waves. So that's how we get the brain waves. Um, brainwave speed is measured, it says, in hertz, which means cycles per second, and they are divided into bands describing slow, moderate, and fast waves. Brainwaves are generally broken down into five main frequencies. We've got beta waves, alpha waves, theta waves, delta waves, and gamma waves. Um, not only do brainwaves vary in frequency, waves occurring, that means waves occurring within a period of time, uh, but they also vary in amplitude, which means the depth and the height of each wave. So with the help of this article, I'm going to take you guys through the different wave states. Um, so our first wave, we have the alpha waves. And this has a frequency range of 8 hertz to 12 hertz. Um, it says that alpha is emitted when we are in a state of physical and mental relaxation, awake but not processing much information. Studies show that alpha states significantly increase beta endorphin, norepinephrine, and dopamine. These naturally occurring chemicals are linked to feelings of expanded mental clarity and generate an internal environment for new learning and accessing previously learned information. So some of the benefits of alpha waves, we have reduced anxiety, alleviate stress and depression, reduces chronic pain, reduction of high blood pressure, increases athletic performance, 
increase cerebral blood flow, increase motivation, energy, and happiness. Um, our second waves are the beta waves. It says that this is the brain wave for the fight or flight response with a frequency range of 12 hertz to 27 hertz. Beta waves are emitted when we are consciously alert or when we feel agitated, tense, and afraid. Many people lack sufficient beta activity, which can cause mental or emotional disorders such as depression and insomnia. The benefits of beta waves. Um, these are the brain waves responsible for the fight or flight response. Definitely important. Um, improves concentration and alertness. And then improved logic, reasoning, and critical thinking. Number three, we have theta brain waves. And these are present in a frequency range of 3 hertz to 8 hertz. Um, these waves offer a state of somnolence. I don't know what that word means. Let's look that up. Somnolence. 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 Sleepy. Drowsy. Okay. All right. Um, so sleepy drowsiness, <laughs> reduced consciousness, light sleep, or extreme relaxation. Theta is also a very receptive mental state that has proven useful for hypnotherapy as well as self-hypnosis using recorded affirmations and suggestions. Some benefits of theta brainwaves, improved physical healing, that's cool, sleep onset and more restful sleep release uh, beneficial hormones related to health and longevity, reduce mental fatigue, reduction of anxiety and stress. All right, and then we've got the delta brain waves. Um, these are present with a frequency range of 0.2 hertz to 3 hertz. Delta waves are emitted during deep and dreamless sleep where there is unconsciousness. Delta is the slowest band of brain waves. You do not dream in this state, and you are completely unconscious. What the fuck? That's crazy. You don't even dream? <gasps> Benefits of Delta brainwaves. The Delta state releases anti-aging hormones, including melatonin and DHEA. Human growth hor hormone, HGH, is another anti-aging hormone that is increased when Delta brainwaves are occurring inside the brain due to the stimulation of the pituitary gland. HGH maintains the skin, bone density, cartilage joints, and can also help heal physical pain. That's so fucking insane. This is literally in our heads every night when we sleep. Number five, gamma brain waves. So these are waves with a frequency range from 27 hertz and up. Gamma is associated with the formation of ideas, language, memory processing, and various types of learning. Gamma waves have been shown to disappear during sleep induced by anesthesia, but they return with the transition back to a wakeful state. What the fuck? That is so wild. Benefits of gamma brain waves. Having high levels of intelligence, being compassionate, having high amounts of self-control, having greater than average feelings of natural happiness, increased awareness through your five senses that's really cool let's go on and read this i wasn't planning on going through the whole article but it says what happens when brain waves are out of balance when our brain waves are out of balance there will be corresponding problems in our emotional or neurophysical health research has identified brainwave patterns associated with all sorts of emotional 
and neurological conditions. Over-arousal in certain brain areas is linked with anxiety disorders, sleep problems, nightmares, agitated depression, chronic nerve pain, and spasticity. Under-arousal in certain brain areas leads to some types of depression, attention deficit, chronic pain, and insomnia. While instabilities in brain rhythms correlate with obsessive-compulsive disorder, aggressive behavior, rage, panic attacks, bipolar disorder, anorexia, bulimia, diabetes, hypoglycemia, and explosive behavior. Wow. That's a lot of information. CureJoy.com. Thank you, CureJoy Editorial, for providing us with that that bit of knowledge. Now I'm going to take you guys, since we've learned a little bit about the brainwaves, I'm going to take you guys into a book that I highly recommend everybody reading if you're interested in magic. Um, It is Power of the Witch by Lori Cabot. I had actually read this book already, um, and I had done the Crystal Countdown, but and and that's the meditation that we're going to do, the Crystal Countdown. Um, and it's dealing with the alpha brainwaves, and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I'd read this, and I'd tried it, but it wasn't until, like I said, a previous mentor of mine um, reintroduced me to this. And something kind of like, I don't know, a light bulb went off. Because sometimes you read things, and sometimes like you, you learn about these practices, and you learn these things. But something has to happen to where you really actually start like implementing it, if it makes sense. Like... We, we had to do an assignment where we were doing this exercise every day and journaling our experiences with it, you know, to prove and, and to show, show for our work. So it really, um, really just being a part of Geode in general, which was the school that I studied with, really helped me learn how to be, or the value not even just how, but the value of being more disciplined in study and practice if this is something that you really are looking to change your life with. Because you can learn as much stuff as you want to, but just because you know something clearly does not mean that your life's going to change. It really requires it really requires you to put that knowledge into action. So we're going to learn a little bit about that now. Something that I have thoroughly enjoyed doing, which is this alpha meditation, this crystal countdown. I'm going to read a little bit to you guys out of Lord Cabot's book, Power of the Witch. Um, all right, so alpha state. Everyone's altered state of consciousness. The science of witchcraft is based on our ability to enter an altered state of consciousness that we call alpha where brainwaves register at 7 to 14 cycles per second. This is a state of consciousness associated with relaxation, meditation, and dreaming. The faster 14 to 30 cycles of the beta state occur when we are mentally alert, awake, and engaged in physical activity. They also accompany excitement, fear, tension, and anxiety. The slower theta waves, four to seven cycles per second, are associated with drowsiness, euphoria, and deep tranquility. Delta waves of one to three occur in deep and dreamless sleep. In alpha, the mind opens up to non-ordinary forms of communication, such as telepathy, clairvoyance, and precognition. This is also where we might experience out-of-the-body sensations and psychokinesis, or receive mystical and visionary information that does not come through the five senses. 
In alpha, the rational filters that process ordinary reality are weakened or removed, and the mind is receptive to non-ordinary realities. Itzhak Bentov, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, says that the general underlying principle is that an altered state of consciousness which allows us to function in realities that are not normal, not normally available to us. Ooh, yeah, so now we get into um, Carl Bribram. Um, in the 1960s, he was a Stanford neurophysiologist. Uh, is that how I'm pronouncing that? Neurophysiologist. 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 <laughs> um, he suggested that the brain stores memories in a holographic manner, which is super interesting, like going back and reading this, because I just this year got interested in simulation theory. Um, he says that brain scientists had known for years that memories are dispersed throughout the brain, but no one could explain the mechanisms that would account for the whole and every part aspect of brain storage and retrieval. Freedom applied the concept of holograms to the brain and argued that nerve impulses web across the entire brain just as laser patterns web across an entire piece of film. Wow. Since all information in the universe is in our minds to begin with, what? That is insane. Since all information in the universe is in our minds to begin with, it is simply a matter of putting the brain into the proper state to retrieve that information much like retrieving a memory. Wow. Alpha is that state, and the trigger for retrieval is light energy. As Bentov says, the universe is a hologram, and so is the brain a hologram interpreting a holographic universe. This is so fucking wild. And I was thinking about that the other day because I was driving down the road, and I actually got to thinking, I was like, what even is light? And so I, um, I, wa- I found a YouTube video, and this guy, he was talking about how a lot of people don't really even understand light, that light um, is more of a, a move. I don't even know. I'm not going to butcher it. Um, but that's definitely something worth looking into. Maybe we can do another episode on that. But in an alpha state, this is where really profound change takes place. Our egos are less dominant. We can process information in terms other than our own personal identity or security and survival. Says that the holographic potential of the brain and mind comes into full play. Memories are more accessible. Connections between different pieces of information come more readily. Contact with unconscious materials and images occur spontaneously. Imaginative possibilities are more sharply focused and insights are clearer. We are less aware of the time-space categories that we use to process experience. She mentions, as Einstein said, time and space are modes by which we think, not conditions in which we live. I had to kind of go back and reread that a few times to remind myself because I really do feel like we have such short-term memories that you can read and study this stuff, but it really does help just to go back and constantly refresh your mind with some of these very basic principles like this, time and space are modes by which we think, not conditions in which we live. So that alone reminds us that we we can gravitate towards obviously trying to tap into something outside of 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 these um 
I don't know if paradigm is the right word, but these concepts that seem to structure our universe. It says that alpha alters our perception so that we are freed from those space-time constructs. Oh, that's a good word. There we go. And can draw an experience from other times and places. So the idea with this is that because our minds already consist with universal energy, that we access these realms through our mind, that we access them through meditation, through getting ourselves into alpha state first and foremost. So that's what we're going to focus on. I'm going to share... Um, oh, wait, no, I want to go back and read this. I'm going to share this the, the countdown with you guys. I'm going to pause this and, and give you guys time to pause, um, and I'll, I'll be sure to write a timestamp in the description. Lori says that it is her belief that all information and all non-ordinary experiences come to us in Alpha because all information in the universe and all phenomena in the, in the universe consists of light energy. Light energy enters the pineal gland or the third eye, which is located in the center of the head between the eyebrows, where many psychics say they, ex they experience physical sensations when they receive extrasensory information. That is very true, because I've experienced that also. In some trance, at least it's true for me, in some trance states, a person's eyes naturally roll upward, gazing at this power spot above the eyes. Situated in the center of the head, under the hardest and thickest bone in the skull, this master gland would seem to be too deeply buried to receive light. For many years, researchers knew that daylight affected the pineal glands of animals, regulating hibernation and estrus, estrus, for example, but they doubted whether light had any effect upon the pineal glands of human beings. But recent scientific research indicates, and this book was written, let me go back and actually look at that really quick. I think it was published in, so we, that is something that we need to pay attention to, 1989. So yeah, might want to go back up and, and check on... Just to make sure. It's always good just to brush up on, on your science. Um, let's go back to this. But she states that recent scientific research indicates that light does affect the human pineal gland, regulating on a daily basis its ability to secrete melatonin, a hormone that has an important effect on the production of other hormones. In the fall of 1985, the first international conference on the pineal gland was held in Vienna to draw attention to the importance of light on this master gland. Oh, so furthermore, the term third eye is not just a fanciful metaphor conjured up by witches and psychics to sound mysterious. Anatomists believe that the gland is indeed a remnant of a third eye that never developed in the course of evolution. That's fucking weird. Ancient people have intuitively understood the importance of this power spot and honored it in various ways. In the Orient, it is one of the seven chakras. Egyptian monarchs wore a cobra-headed ornament at the center of the forehead. In India, a red dot is placed over the third eye. Celtic priestesses painted the area blue. Cultures that use ritual face makeup often single out this area in front of the pineal gland for special attention. Wow, that is so... I'm really happy that I went back and read this. That is, that is really good information to have. 
you can't go wrong with just knowing stuff like that. Everybody should know that. Everybody should know that very early on, I feel like. Why am I 22 just now, like, studying about this stuff, you know? Okay, so now we're going to get into um, some discussion that she has on the actual Crystal Countdown. We're going to be talking about the power of colors and numbers. Now, Lori Cabot teaches this meditation called the Crystal Countdown, and it is a method based on Pythagorean principles of number and color. So Pythagoras was born between 600 and 590 BCE, says he was versed in the Eastern and Western mysticism of his day, and was initiated into the Egyptian, Babylonian, Chaldean, and Eulysianian mystery schools. I'm so sorry. He also studied the Mosaic traditions with Jewish scholars, as well as the Essene Brotherhood. At Crotona, a Greek colony in southern Italy, he set up his academy, where he taught his unique brand of philosophy and science based on mathematics, geometry, music, and astronomy. Pythagoras considered these subjects absolutely necessary for understanding human existence, nature, and God, whom he described as the supreme mind that pervades the universe, both as the cause of all things and the power within all things. Wow. That is so wild. As above, so fucking below. Okay. Pythagoras's philosophy is based on numbers, with the numbers 1 to 10 constituting the sacred decad, D-E-C-A-D, or decad, decad. Each number contains power and meaning in a wide range of human experience. This says that number one stands for that which is separate, whole, and stable. Well, that's interesting, separate and whole together. It is the beginning and end. It is mind. Two is death, science, generations, all that is dual, and all opposites. Three is peace, justice, prudence, piety, temperance, and virtue. Four encompasses harmony, strength, virility, and is called the fountain of nature. Five governs reconciliation, alternation, cordiality, vitality, health, and providence. Six is time, panacea, the world, and sufficiency. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing words, guys. Seven is the number of religion, life, fortune, and dreams. Eight is love, law, and convenience. Nine stands for ocean, horizon, boundary, and limitations. Ten is age, power, faith, memory, and necessity. According to Pythagoras, the amazing harmony in the universe, whether musical or moral, can be explained and experienced as numbers. I just thought about this when I took my first acid trip um, because I just started realizing how much nature speaks through numbers and colors, through code. ABCs, one, two, threes, <laughs> red, blue, yellow, you know, it's so simple. Everything, everything that we need to know, just like this book says, is already in nature. It's already within our bodies. That's why science is so important. The more that we evolve in our scientific discovery, the more that we're also going to, you know, discover about our spirituality. It has to go hand in hand. And I, I don't know if I'm wrong by saying this, but I do feel like since the beginning of time, maybe not always, but at least in, in my lifetime, 
And it seems like in early American culture and, and for the last little bit that there's been a pretty a pretty wicked divide between science and religion. Um, but I, like I said, I think just based on this knowledge right here, that the more, I think it goes hand in hand, the more that we have really interesting experiences on a personal level, coupled with the more that we advance technologically and scientifically, you know, that, that opens up that that creates new religions that right there so and and that's something i've been keeping up with recently because i definitely feel like we're in the middle of a really important transition for the human species and i wish more people would pay attention to what's going on uh, behind the scenes and i think a lot of people kind of actually are now but it seems like it's more for conspiracies conspiracy theory or sake um, a lot of research, but only for conspiracy theories. And that, and if you're interested in conspiracy theories, because I am also, I, if you're doing that much research for conspiracy theories, why not just go ahead and do some research for stuff like this also, you know? Um, and just in my experience, just in my experience, based on what kind of, what kind of dialogue I see, and this is not everybody, but I do see a lot. Maybe it's not everywhere, but at least in my community, I feel like some of the people who really dig into conspiracies don't have as much of a background in science and religion. And that's really not good because if we're dealing with really deep issues, especially like, for example, with the recent um, Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, and a very real problem of human trafficking and child pornography in, in the United States. Um, and then on top of that, you have Pizzagate and, and goodness, I'm, I've been trying to get myself updated because I feel like there was a wave of a lot of that stuff that I was just kind of out of the loop on. So I had to do my research, you know, because these are big accusations. And I want to do my part in trying to be informed as much as I can. But from what I was reading, it seemed to just be a lot of it was just kind of like empty accusations, like people were just kind of piecing things together that seemed a little suspicious, but, um, and some things clearly are suspicious, um, but why is there just so much mystery around it, you know? And, And that's what's not good because people, when they get a hold of a bit of information, you know, um they're going to try to to take that somewhere. They're going to try to do something with it. Um, And I don't know if the media is intentionally, they probably are, intentionally playing on even conspiracy theorists to intentionally try to sway them towards paying attention to the the wrong people. Like maybe the same concepts, but maybe not directly um, in the right applications. Um, But that's why I think it's really important just on a side note, I know we're talking about Alpha, but um, with the whole Epstein case, they they had evidence for that. They found um, hordes of child pornography on top of having countless testimonies, you know, from victims. So, but yes, going back, going back to Alpha, tapping into this universal knowledge. 
So I'm going to go ahead and pause this right here. Go ahead and pause this video if you need to take some time. I'm going to start the guided meditation, walk you guys through this. Um, I want to go ahead and preface. This meditation is completely safe to do any given point of time that you would like to. Um, completely safe to do. Really helpful if you're looking to start getting um, more and better control over your mind. And I'm still reading this from Lori Cabot's Power of the Witch. Wonderful book. Definitely pick up a copy. Alpha is the springboard for all psychic and magical workings. It is the heart of witchcraft. The alpha state is the scientific basis for magic. In order to develop your own psychic powers and learn the ways of the craft, you must learn to control alpha. The following exercise will teach you to do just that. It is simple but extremely important. You must master it first before proceeding to any other spell, ritual, or exercise in this book. Read through the entire directions for the crystal countdown several times before you attempt to do it. In this case, listen! <laughs> Make sure you are familiar with all the steps before you begin because you won't be able to stop in the middle to look something up in the book. In this case, since I'm reading it to you, you won't have to stop. But if you were doing this on your own, yes, you will want to recite this until you remember it. That way, you can just do it. To put yourself into alpha, find a quiet place, sit down, get comfortable, close your eyes, and spend a minute breathing deeply and relaxing. When you feel centered or balanced, keep your eyes closed and with your third eye, your mind's eye, visualize an empty screen like a television screen, about one foot in front of you and just above your eyelids. Actually, the screen on which the third eye projects images encircles your entire head like a helmet, but most people see images on only the front portion. You may notice your eyes fluttering a bit even though they are closed. They may even tend to roll upward, as if that would help you to see the screen better. In an automatic reflex, because you have been trained to see only with your eyes open and fixed on the object you're viewing. Now it is the time to train, to see, train yourself to see with your mind. In time, the fluttering will stop. Keep in mind in Alpha that you do not need to see with your physical eyes. You are looking through your mind's eye. Next on the screen, a red number 7. If this won't appear easily, try seeing just a seven or just a red field. And if you have difficulty splashing the colors on the screen, recall some object that is the color that you want to vision and see it in your mind's eye. For example, a red fire engine, an orange, a yellow banana. Practice, it, practice this until you're able to see the field of color. In time, you will be able to put the seven onto the red field and eventually you will see a red seven. And don't become discouraged. Remember that society has told us that it's not natural to see with our eyes closed or that only dreams and hallucinations, things that are not real, appear when we close our eyes. When you see the red seven, hold it for a moment and release it. Then bring up an orange six, hold it, and release. Proceed downward through the spectrum of colors. A yellow five a green 4, a blue 3, an indigo 2, and a violet 1. 
This sequence of colors is a universally acknowledged scientific reality. It appears in the rainbow and in every prismatic splitting of light. This color spectrum, or rainbow, is also a powerful archetypal image in all cultures. It is frequently a symbol for other magical realities and new worlds. In Genesis, the rainbow is a sign of a fresh start for human society after the flood, a promise from the wrathful Yahweh that he wouldn't do it again. The Rainbow Coalition in America Politics promises a new age of racial harmony and cooperation. Native Americans have seen the rainbow as a reflection of the oneness amid multiplicity in nature and the ideal of peace and balance among all creatures. In Celtic folklore, the rainbow indicated the presence of elves, fairies, and a possible pot of gold. Norse, Norse myths tell of a rainbow bridge, Bifrost, which only the gods can cross. In modern folklore, the rainbow separates the banality of Kansas from the splendors of Oz. And in my tradition, Lord Cabot's, the rainbow is the crystal gateway into Alpha. The indigo, too, is actually a deeper color and lower level than you need, so when the lighter violet one appears, you will sense your awareness lifting ever so slightly. When you settle into orchid, count down from 10 to 1 without colors to, do, to deepen the alpha state. Then mentally say to yourself with conviction, I am now an alpha and everything I do will be accurate and correct. And this is so. And at this point, you will perform the task that you decided upon. So if you're doing a spell... If you are performing a ritual, like I said, if you just need some freaking peace of mind. <laughs> Keep in mind that the alpha state is not like being asleep. Even though you have counted down, feel relaxed and have your eyes closed. And you are still in total control of what happens to you. You will hear sounds around you and you will be aware of the room that you're in. Anytime that you feel as though you want to come out of alpha, you may. In fact, any time that you feel you want to start over, you can also. And when you finish your task and wish to return to what science calls the beta level of brainwaves, or normal waking consciousness, erase what is on the screen with your hands. Then, while still in alpha and with your eyes still closed, give yourself total health clearance in the following way. Place your hand about six inches above your head, palm downward. Then in one smooth swoop, Bring your hand down in front of your face, chest, and stomach while turning your palm outward and pushing away from you. Say to yourself, I'm healing myself and giving myself total health clearance. This must be done every time you prepare to come out of Alpha. By this simple procedure, you will clear away any harmful energies that are present, and you will project an image of yourself as strong and healthy. Next, count slowly up from 1 to 10, then 1 to 7. You do not need to see colors as you count out, count up, since you are returning to the full light and the colors will converge on their own as you open your eyes. You can, of course, snap out of alpha by simply opening your eyes, but I do not advise it. Being startled out of a deep sleep or a dream is always disorienting, and something similar occurs when you come out of alpha too quickly. Count up, slowly open your eyes, and gradually realize your presence in the room. This basic procedure for entering Alpha is the key to all future work in the craft. Practice it in the following meditation every day for at least five weeks in order to perfect it. And as you grow more comfortable and proficient at counting down to Alpha, you will enter Alpha quite easily and feel at home in it. And you should because Alpha is a natural state. One, you enter every day or night in dreams or reverie. 
the only difference is that with the crystal countdown, you are controlling it and using the state of that state consciously for psychic work. So yes, as I stated, this is a perfect, very simple exercise if you're looking to just overall enhance your magic. This is a good way to start tapping into the psychic realms, start connecting to your higher self, to that higher knowledge, tap into that universal consciousness. So I hope you guys enjoyed this bit of information. Um, Check out the description for links. Thanks again to the sources that we used today, Cure Joy and Lori Cabot's book, The Power of the Witch. Um, Follow me at LadyBex on Instagram if you'd like. Check out the website, SpookyWoodWitch.com. I've got a Patreon and a YouTube. Both are LadyBex as well. And we will talk to you guys next episode of the Spooky Wood Podcast. Let's be you don't have to go and try this is your place and you are my life